Good evening to those in social media land. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship. We're coming to you again with our Saturday night message. We thank you for tuning in to us every Saturday. And for those who, or if you know people who need this word, we encourage you to share it with them. Let them know um, what time we come on every Saturday at seven o'clock. Also, we invite you into our Bible studies on Thursday at seven to just talk about different topics that we, the Lord leads us to talk on. And so once again, just share this and with someone who needs the word of the Lord. And we pray we've been a blessing to you every Saturday coming to you and just sharing the word with the Lord with you. But tonight I'm going to, um, start a different series i thought i might continue with i've been talking talking for the few weeks talking about living for god in a god society and i'm not finished with that but i feel strong the holy spirit is leading me to um, speak to someone about this subject and i'm going to spend a few weeks on this and i'm going to kind of ask a question is jesus worth it is he worth it? And I know to the people who've been saved a long time and or to the religious Christian, you know, this is kind of like, hey, what do you mean? Is Jesus worth it? Because I grew up in when they had the testimony service and people would stand up and talk about how good God he is and what he has done for them and woke me up this morning, started me on my way and Thank God that I don't have a cooling bed. And so this kind of may be a strange question for some, but I'm speaking to somebody. You may be questioning, well, is Jesus worth it? Or have you ever looked at your life and said, is Jesus worth it? And like to some of you, you may say, well, you know, this is strange. What do you mean? Is Jesus worth it? But if, if you've been following Jesus for more than 20 minutes, um, you, you've probably experienced some doubt, some uncertainty, and, and even you've gotten angry with God. Okay. If you be honest, and like I said, maybe this don't fit everybody, but I know I've, I've lived this. I've lived this. And there was a moment in my life where I said, well, is Jesus worth it? Okay. And and we're going to deal with this. Of course, I'm going to go ahead and give you the answer. Yes, he is. He is worth it all. When you look at the broad scope of things, and when you look at the word of God and, and understand the end of things. Okay, but as we're going to look in the scripture, there are, there are people who felt this way. And it's particularly, we're going to be talking about Psalms 1, Psalm, excuse me, 73. Psalm 73. But we've all, maybe you've experienced some, some, some doubts, some uncertainty. Um, maybe you angry with God. Maybe you wonder if, it's really worth the effort to continue to believe in Jesus. Maybe you're struggling with that. Maybe you're saying, you know, do I really believe in Jesus with all the stuff that's going on and 
all the different religions and everybody has their idea of who God is and what to believe and what not to believe and how you get to heaven. And, and when you look at your personal life, you're struggling. There may be some areas you may want to hang. Is it worth really continuing to believe in Jesus? Because this is how the song is in 73, he felt. And I just want to take a look of the page, even out of my own, maybe you felt this way um, in my own personal life. And I know I grew up, you know, these messages about save yourself for marriage. You know, um, the, the, the consequences of ignoring God's plan was was ingrained in me since I was young. And I got saved when I was 10. And, you know, you hear messages about save yourself for marriage and, you know, of saying, wait till you get married. And, and, and you, you, I knew, and maybe you do know all the realities of, of sexual transmitted disease and, and, the, and the consequences of not waiting. And this is just one area, man, I'm speaking to you, not waiting. They told us you're supposed to wait. Supposed to wait till you get married because that's wrong. But as much as I knew these things to be true, uh, it didn't seem to fit my experience. And maybe it don't fit your experience. You know, you, you I had friends who had been having sex, and I, I knew none of them, as far as I knew anyway, if I knew none of them, um, they had like STDs or or they went through painful breakups. And even in my, my young life, when I was got married, break, and they weren't miserable people. They weren't miserable. They, they seem to be content with their choices. Even they won't say they won't want to church. You know, they seem to be content with it. And, and I, be honest, I honestly wondered if, if my non-Christian friends um, seem to be getting along just fine without obeying God. Is it that important to remain faithful? And maybe you feel that way. Is it important? When you maybe you're looking at, I know I look at people, they will see them like while I was looking at people, especially when I first got married, and have had these kids and being faithful to God and, and giving my tithes and offering and being faithful in my giving in my attendance and you look at people who are being successful and, you know, not married. It seems like they're having fun. And all that you're going through, everything it seems like, hey, nothing is going your way. And you're struggling. And you ask yourself the question, should I remain faithful? Maybe you went through that way. It says, hey, I did all this for God. Remain faithful, being steadfast, being committed. And you may be asking yourself, where has it got me? If you have ever honestly wrestled with your faith in God, have you honestly wrestled with your faith in God? That's why Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Because it, why did he say that? Because faith is a fight. You have to contend for your faith. You had to fight because the enemy is trying to get you to stop believing in God. And so we want to look at, I want to look at Psalms tonight. This is part 
um a of this part one because i'm not going i don't think i'm gonna finish tonight um with all that i have all the notes i have here but i want to spend the rest of the night really looking at um psalm 73. okay songs 73 songs it says asap wrote this and i'm going to read it from i'm gonna first time read it from i'm gonna read it from the king james version first but i want to read it from the message because the message really makes it so clear and everything that we can understand. I think it really, the way he brings it out in that particular version, I believe it's really going to speak to us tonight, but I want to read it from the King James version first. And starting at verse one, I'm going to read a few verses. I'm not going to read it entirely in the King James, but I'm going to do the whole thing in the message Bible. But it says here in the King James, it says like, it says truly God, is good to Israel, even to such as are a clean heart. He says, but as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosper of the wicked, for there was no bane in their death, but their strength is firm and are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride compassed them about as chain, violence covered them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart, their heart could wish. They are corrupt and they speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak lofty, lofty they set their mouths against the heavens and their tongues walk through the earth. Therefore, his people return hither and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the most high? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Very I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hand in innocency. For as for all the days long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. And if I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend it. I should offend against the generation of thy children. And when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. So we see here the psalmist, he's he's basically, he started off by saying, I'm going to go to the message Bible. He started off, and I think this is key. We got to pay. I want to read this together. It says, starts out, here's the, how the message Bible says. It says, no doubt about it. God is good, good to good people, good to the good hearted. But he says, but I nearly missed it, missed seeing his goodness. I was looking the other way, looking up to the people at the top, aiming the wicked who had made it, who had nothing to worry about, not a care in the whole world. So I want to pause here and say, listen, 
Listen to how he starts this off. He says, no doubt God is good. We was telling you, what is that saying in the church we had? I don't know if we still have it now, but God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. But look at what he said. He said, I almost missed it. Almost missed it. Missed seeing his goodness. He said, because I was looking the other way. He said, I was looking up to people at the top. At the top. So his focus was on the envy. He was envying other people. He was looking at people in the world, how they were prospering. And so I want to pause here and say, this is one of the strategies of the enemy is to take your focus. One of the ways he can take your focus off God is get you looking at, at the world and how they're prospering, how they look right now. And what he wants to do is get you to believe that God ain't good. See, that's where the question comes. You may be asked, is Jesus worth it? Because you're looking at for God to be good to you and we, now you're looking at other people. You're looking at people on the top. You're looking at them and how they're prospering. You're looking at all the things that that they are experiencing that you're not experiencing, that you as a believer supposed to be experiencing in your life. But he, the enemy want to tell you, he want to convince you that God ain't good by looking at the wicked, looking at the people on the top. He says, at the top, Emmy the wicked, who had made it. So when you look on TV, when you look around you, or even you may be looking at people who made it. Maybe you're looking at people in your family who ain't even serving God, who don't go to church, who are not trying to serve God. They made it. Looking at people around you who have successful relationships and but not even thinking about God, whose marriage has been going on, they're going strong, and they look like they're so close. But you're, you're struggling. Yet you're in the word every day. You're trying to do what's right. You, 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 you're committed to God. But he says, looking at the, at the wicked who had made it, who had nothing to worry about, not a care in the world. When, when you sometimes, I don't know about you, when I was looking at people, they didn't, like, they didn't have a care in the world. They didn't have a financial problem. They didn't have a relationship problem. Kids were good. Everything job was good. I know in my walk, my young one, I had a hard time finding a good job. And that affected my finances. And I was like, and pan giving to God, pan tithes and offering, giving to the ministry, being committed, and feel like it wasn't getting me anywhere. But I was focused on them and in focus on their prosperity, the wicked prosperity, the enemy began to make me doubt that God was not good. And maybe he that's what he's doing to you. But I'm trying to teach you, this is the trick of the enemy. To take your focus off of God and says he wants you to say God is not good. Because when you begin to look at all the things that's wrong in your life right now, and those I want to focus, but if it's on right now, because I was focusing then on the right then and now, that God can't be good. Why is he allowing them to prosper and be successful? And me, when I'm seem to be trying to do everything right, it goes on to say here, where it says they didn't have a care in the world. It seemed that way. Moses, this is his perception. Though 
you know, it's not reality, but his perception based on what he was looking at. They didn't have a care in the world. And you may be saying the same. You're saying based on what I'm looking, what I'm seeing with my natural senses, these people don't have a care in the world. They have everything they want. And yet I'm serving God. And God has promised me and it's in his word. He had many promises and it seemed like I'm not experiencing those promises. It goes on to say pretentious with arrogance. This, this is the wicked. They wear the latest fashion and violence. So we see a lot of violence now. People doing things and in some cases get away with it. I so said they're pampered, they're overfed, decked out in silk bowls of silliness. They jeer using words to kill. They bully their way with words. They are full of hot air, loud mouths, disturbing the peace. And he says people actually listen to them. He says, can you believe it? Like thirsty puppies, they lap up their words. And see, God must have gave ASAP a revelation of social media, because this is what we see on social media. People who are bullying with the word. We see this in politics, how people are bullying you with words. And, you know, you people have podcasts now where they bully you with words. And you and I, when I grew up, it wasn't people had talk shows where they just bully you with their words. And then and people listen to them. People are eating their words up. People are, they get many likes and on social media and Instagram and Twitter. Anybody now can just get on there and, and say things and people will follow them and eat these things up. Okay. And this is what you spend. You saying, hey, and, I, and I'm a believer, but it seems like they are more successful than me. And I tell you, I felt this way. I, I felt the way. This is this is the song that God led me to when I was struggling with doubt and insecurities, and I was struggling financially and everything going on. And you know what? I was ready to quit, ready to give up. But He says people listen to them. They loud mouths, serving the peace, and we see all these things. And so the songs goes on and says, "What's going on here?" He says, "Is God out to lunch?" Nobody tending the store. He said, the wicked get by with everything. I don't know about you. I felt that way. I felt like the wicked was getting by. I was like, Lord, they're getting by. Okay. They seem to be getting away with all the wrong, doing things the wrong way. And see, like, they get by. He says, is God out to lunch? Have you ever asked God, where are you? Because I don't see the evidence of your goodness in my life. I don't see that right now. And maybe you're struggling. Maybe it's you just struggling. Says, I don't see the evidence of God. Good. I see that. You see how God is seeing like he's good to the wicked, the unjust. But you said, I don't see how you're good in my life. When I look at it, he says, I, I don't. Well, he said, what's going on here? Have you ever asked God, what's going on here? Are you, are you out to lunch? Nobody tell the story. They say the wicked seem to get away with everything. They have they have made it. They pile up riches. We see the rich getting richer. 
the rich getting rich, the power of things that seem to get richer and people, when we look at the um, sports and celebrities, you know, making movies, making millions of dollars, you know, sports world, getting paid millions of dollars for four years and things. We see things and it seemed like, but none, once again, it seemed like none of these people are serving God. They're not committed to him. I like what he said. Listen to what the song says. He says, I've been stupid to play by the rules. He said, well, what has it got me? Man, I can identify with that. Man, I can identify with that. I've been playing by the rules. I'm, you know, you, know, you maybe say I've been, I've been playing by the rules. I've, I've been doing what God says to do to my best of my ability. I've been doing them. And he said, and, and he, he said, where's it got me? And man, I can deal in fact with this. God says, there was a season in my life I felt like this. I said, I'm playing my rules, and it's not getting me anywhere. It goes on to say, a long run of bad luck. That's what. <laughs> he says, hey, I've been playing by the rules. And he says, where has it got me? He said, just, just a long run of bad luck. All I'm getting is bad luck. Every time it seemed like, you know, I remember the slogan says, he you take two steps forward and then take four back. And maybe you're feeling that way. You said, hey, every time I think I'm trying, I'm getting ahead, then something else come up. You know what they say? Well, whatever can go wrong, will go wrong. He says, I keep, I keep taking steps back. He says, it haven't got me. All it got me is bad luck. He says, that's what it's got me. He says, a, a slap in the face every time I walk out the door. Every time I walk out the door, I feel like I'm being slapped in the face. I feel like I'm just going backwards. It's not getting me anywhere playing by the rules. What do I mean by that? Doing what the word of God says. You know, loving the unlovable. Trying to do my best and not in my building, but asking the Holy Spirit, give me the ability to be the man or the woman that you called me to be, even in this godless society. He's saying, he's saying it's not getting me anywhere. I'm gonna continue to read. It says, he says, if I had given in and talked like this, I would have betrayed your dear, dear, dear children. So listen to what he's saying. He says, now he didn't say, he wasn't saying these things out loud. He was, he was having a conversation with himself. He was having a conversation with himself. He says, because he says, if I had given in and talked like this, notice what he says. He says, I wasn't saying this out loud, but I was saying, he says, I would have betrayed your children. Because see, here's the thing about it. We at the church, we put on our church face when we go to church. And we tend to say, you know, God is good. And you may say that with your lips. But just like this song is saying here, within me, I'm like, I'm doubting. I'm struggling. And we've been trained to put on this, the religious face. Because he said, if I gave in and talked like this, I would have betrayed. See, nobody wants to hear you talk like this. Because it's especially if you're in leadership. The pastor, the deacon, the people who are in some type of leadership position. 
Because you're supposed to have supernatural faith. You're supposed to be walking in faith 24-7, 365 days a year. You, you, you are never supposed to have any doubt. And this is what the church have trained us. So you're not going to speak like this to other believers. Because, no, they're going to be like, well, wait a minute. I thought you was a man of God. I thought you was a Christian. I thought you you know, had faith. It don't sound like you got faith here. But here, he's asking the question, is Jesus worth it? He says, because people know what he says here. I would have betrayed him if I did hurt him, if I gave in and talked like this. See, there's a sense of betrayal. Maybe you feel like, hey, I'm betraying God or betraying God's people. If I talk like that, if I somebody really knew how I felt, or, you know, the enemy will put shame on you. That That's that shame. How, why, why am I feeling like that? Or is it wrong for me to feel like this? Because, you know what? I got the word of God, you know, and I'm supposed to be a believer. Um, why am I questioning, is God worth it? And that's like the that's this is the trick of the enemy because he wanna blind you, take your focus. No, he said my focus was on the wicked, the prosperity of the wicked. I couldn't see. I was blinded by that, and that's what the enemy wanna do because he understands that if you focus on that, then you will never be able to see the goodness of God. He goes on to say, still. He said, when I tried to figure this out, all I got was a splitting headache. Man, I can identify with that. In that season in my life where I was struggling, I was trying to figure out why is, am I not prospering like the wicked when I'm following all the rules? He just gave me a splitting headache. Just couldn't figure it out. You know, and you're praying to God and you're not really getting any answers to all the answers that you want. And so you're struggling. But listen what he says here. He says, still, when I tried to figure it out, all I got was a splitting headache. But notice what he said, until I entered the sanctuary of God, then I saw the whole picture. See, here's what I want to say. See, this is what the enemy want to do. When you're struggling, I'm speaking to you. If you're struggling right now, the enemy want to get you away from the house of God, away from around the saints. Okay. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to isolate yourself because he understands that if you keep going around the believers and keep going and worshiping, then he knows that, hey, that you, he's going to get you. And he's going to cause you to just walk away from the things of God. So but I like what the psalmist says here, that I entered the sanctuary. Until I entered the sanctuary, then I saw the whole picture. So never stop going around the church. See, in this whole time that when I was struggling, in the season I was struggling, I never stopped going to hear the word of the Lord. 
I never stopped. I never gave up. I kept because I guarantee you, God is going to speak to you at some point. That going around the saints and being around the word gave me strength to endure that season I was in. And so this is the answer. You got to keep keeping yourself around the, the saints because that's where your strength is going to come from. I'm not going to promise you that you're going to, you know, once you pray, you're going to get out of it. Once you hear a good message, everything will be over. But you, that's where your strength is going to come from. Okay, it's going to come from you continue to be around the saints and be around believers and being to keep hearing the word of the Lord to give you encouragement to endure that season. But he says, then I saw the whole picture. So notice he's talking about, I, now I see the whole picture. See, you got to see the whole picture. Whenever you, you're looking at the wicked, you're only looking at something that's temporary. But the Bible says we're not to focus on the temporary. We got to focus on the eternal. But he says, until I entered the same, then I saw the whole picture. This, the slippery road you've been on, the slippery road you've put on them with a final crash in a ditch of delusion. So he says, hey, they're on a slippery slope. They're, eventually, they're going to crash. They may look good now, but eventually, they're going to crash. It says it in, in the blink of an eye, disaster. A blind curve in the dark, a nightmare and nightmare. And we wake up and rub our eyes, nothing. There's nothing to them, and there never was. See, there's nothing to them right now. And we pray once again, we now we want to pray that they get saved and God open their eyes, just like He has opened ours. But there's nothing to them. You're looking at something temporary. But I want you, I pray you overlook the big picture. But he goes on to say, when I was belingered and bitter, totally consumed by envy. See, this is what happens when you focus on the wicked, the prosperity of the wicked. You begin to envy them. You be consumed by envy. And it goes on to say, I was totally ignorant, a dumb ox in your very presence. So notice, I like this, he says, because I was ignorant, but I was in God's pregnant presence, excuse me. But he goes on to say, I was totally ignorant, a dumb ox in your presence. But listen to what he says here. I'm still in your presence, but I've taken, but you've taken my hand. You wisely and tenderly lead me. And then what? I love this. You bless me. See, this is this is the kind of God we serve, because even in our doubt and even in our struggles, even in our um, going through questioning God about what's going on, this this song, he was questioning God. He says, I was in God's presence and I was ignorant. But he says, but I'm I'm still in your presence. He said, but in your in your presence, you took my hand. And listen to the language. He says, you wisely and tenderly led me. See, God's going to lead you out of this. Tenderly, he's not going to punish you for thinking that way. He's not going to condemn you for thinking that way. He doesn't hate you for thinking that way. 
He wisely and tenderly leads you. This is how God does it. I love the scripture where he said, it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. He says, as you, he says, God says, I want you to open your eyes and see the big picture. See the big picture. And so I can lead you out tenderly and wisely. But listen to this. He says, you're all I want in heaven. See, this is where you may be saying, is Jesus worth it? But this psalmist gets to a place where he look at the broad scope and look at the thing, the big picture. He says, all I want. So he said, you're all I want in heaven and you're all I want on earth. Here, now we're talking about the love relationship. So you got to get to that place. And I got to this place where, hey, now I can say, all you're all I want in heaven and you're all I want in earth. You may not be in that place right now, but as you continue to, to see things through God's eyes, if you start looking at things through an eternal perspective, perspective, not that he ain't going to bless you here, you're coming out of that thing that you're in. It's not going to be that way all the time. And you may be in a season of, of hardship, but and you may say, you may be questioning, is Jesus worth it? But here the song says, you're all I want in heaven and you're all I want on earth. He says, when my skin sags and my bones get burned, which means he said, when I get old, God is, is rock firm and faithful. See, we serve a God that he is faithful. He's faithful. I know he may not seem to you right now that he's faithful, but God is faithful. He is true to his promises. The word of God says, his promises are yes and amen. He's faithful. He's right there with you in the struggle. But you cannot lose your perspective on his goodness. Even when you can't see it, but you got to know that God is good. I know I can't see it right now, but I believe what he said that he is good and he is faithful to me. But he goes and said, look, those who left you are falling apart. See, those who walk away, they fall apart. You don't want to fall apart because you leave it, you fall apart. Because why? What's going to happen? You're, you're trying to do it on your own. And this is what happens when people try to, they try to they fall apart. Deserters, you'll never, deserters, you'll never be heard from again. He says, but I'm in the very presence of God. I want you to know that you know you where you feel you are still in his presence. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You're in his presence. Even in your doubt right now, even in your struggle, you are in his presence. He said, but I'm in your very presence. I'm in the very presence of God. Oh, how refreshing it is. He says, I've made Lord God my home. And he says, God, I'm telling the whole world what you do. So even in the midst of your struggle, begin to tell people who God is and how good he is. And they may look at you and say, hey, what you going through all this? How are you going? He's still good. I'm going to, I'm telling the whole world what you do, what you did for me. How you bless me. 
how you kept me, how you died for my sins. You're good. You never stop talking about how good he is. And you can do that when you have the right perspective, when you look at the whole picture. Once again, don't focus on the temporary. Just focus on the eternal. And so you may be asking yourself tonight, well, is God worth it? Yes, he is. He's, he's, he's worth it. He's worth it. No matter what you're going through, no matter how. And once again, this is, I pray you go to this psalm and read it over and let, let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Because here's the, uh, a person who couldn't see God's goodness in his struggle. When he began to focus on the prospect, of it, he couldn't see it. And I want to let you know it's okay for you to feel that way. Because a lot of times the church, we're guilty of condemning people for feeling that way, for thinking that way. But I want you to know, even in the midst of you, while you're feeling this way, while you're struggling, do like the psalmist did. Continue to go to the house of God. Continue to put yourself around the saints and have them pray for you. Okay. Let them minister to you so you can get a word to take you through that season. Because I thank God for all the words he gave me, all the people he put around me or that I put myself around because you got to pay a part of this too. You got to put yourself around saints and believers and people so, so a word can be spoken over your life to encourage you through this season that you're going through. But I want you to know that he is worth it. But you just continue to stay firm in God's word and believe and look at the whole picture, not just partial, not just temporary, but look at the whole picture. Begin to see things from God's eyes and know that you know what you're going to be delivered. You're being set free. You're coming out of this thing in the name of Jesus. Let me pray for you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for every ear that's listening. I thank you, God, that through your word, that there's strength, there's deliverance, there is peace and joy. I thank you for delivering the person who is struggling, who's questioning, is Jesus worth it? Is he enough? Should I go by rule? Where's all this getting me? I pray that you were for a supernatural revelation in their life, right? You speak that you would comfort them, that you would give them peace in the midst of their struggle. God, that you will give them the fortitude and the tenacity and the mind to keep going. Even in the midst of they can't see you in their provisions, in their life. But I thank you for supernatural peace, supernatural joy right now. Ministering to them right now in the name of Jesus. I declare victory over their life. And God, I Thank you for opening their eyes to see your goodness, even in this world, in a dark world. Open their eyes. Let them see things through your eyes. And I give you all the glory and all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Once again, we will come back to you again next week to continue on this series, 
I believe I'm speaking to somebody. You don't know who I'm preaching to, but you know what? I believe I'm ministering to someone who really needs this. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. And he is lifting you right now. He is ministering to you right now, giving you peace and joy. And we'll see you again next week in Jesus' name. Once again, thank you and bye-bye.